Good morning, everyone. Good morning to all online and on site. Welcome to Free Community Church. Right before we start, like maybe just invite all of us to just share the joy for the morning with one another by you know like just waving or smiling at each other, wishing each other good morning. Especially those who are online, you just type out a good morning or your well wishes. All right. Uh, yeah, you might want to face bum or shake hands. That's what by fine. All right. So welcome everyone to our free community church uh, Sunday service. And this is the first Sunday of Lent, of the Lenten season. Just, this is not a test or a, a, just doing a survey. How many of you are familiar with the, the practice or tradition of Lent? Okay, who have not heard of Lent before? Oh, okay, Lent, okay. So, so Lent is a, a very traditional Christian um, practice, a tradition that goes, uh, is observed by many of the... Uh, older tradition, like the Orthodox, the, the Catholics, the Lutherans, the Methodists, the Anglicans. Right? Uh, it's a season of time when people go into, a, like, technically uh, speaking, excluding the Sunday, 40 days before uh, Easter. For me, it's a time of reflection. Traditionally, we are encouraged as disciples of Christ, as children of God, you know, to, to engage in the practice deeply in prayer, fasting, and acts of charity. Traditionally, call it almsgiving. All right? so, but now some of the children say, oh, what almsgiving? Charity. Work, uh, works of love. All right? So, I'd like to invite all of us, but before we come into, you know, like as a congregation, as a community, come together to encounter God, to ask yourself the question, you know, during this season of time, how am I going to engage deeply with God in a conversation to deepen my life um, with, with God, partnering with God? Right, so there was a very funny thing. I was having a conversation over drinks with my cell group member at the beginning of Lent, and then um, my cell group member came from a Catholic tradition and said, "What are you giving up for the Lenten season?" I took a pause and I thought, and I replied, "I'm giving up on myself." <laughs> no, I was just joking, <laughs> but I think. It, it, it is meant to be said in another way. I'm giving up on myself as I said this. Uh, was more of, I'm going to give up the way I think. I have always had my own worldviews, my fixation, my compulsion, the ways that I want to see the world. And, and now, I, I, in this season, I'm going to challenge myself, say to God, say, I am willing to take a step back and re-examine everything I believe about what is, you know, like, what makes me a useful person, you know, especially in Singapore, we are always like productivity. I don't know how I can be more efficient, be more useful. And what's our relationship with authority and power? We believe, you know, like we gain security because I must have ABCD. But as we are, we are entering this season to, to meditate and encounter the mystery of Christ's life, his teaching and mission, his suffering, death, and resurrection. Um, I think this is a wonderful opportunity, a period of time for us to go deep right, into our, in our faith. So, I'd like to encourage all of us to come together for this journey by coming together to respond to the call to worship. So, may I invite everybody in body and spirit to rise, right, to join me in a call to worship. Drawn by God's presence, Together. together, inspired by God's Spirit, we, we worship. worship, empowered by God's grace, we, we live. live. 
we are community, embraced by the mystery of God's love for all creation. We are a community that looks for the light of Christ, the light that shines in time, every place, and every life. Within this dynamic community, we foster connections and experiences that bring meaning to life and help us face the issues of the day. Together, we strive to live with loving hearts, open minds and hands extended to all. Welcome home. Amen. Amen. Let's join the worship team for a time of worship.
waves and wind still know your name. The waves and wind. The waves and wind still know your name. The waves and wind. The waves and wind still know. Please be seated. We may not all be gathered in the same room at this time, when, but we do need each other so much. And now we... I invite all of us to pray together from where we are, knowing that God hears us and can blend even distant voices and thoughts into one communal prayer. So let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, your love all that you have made and forgive the sins of all those who look to you create in us a pure heart that we may receive mercy from you as we lament all that we have done that has diminished your love in the world forgive us through Jesus Christ, the perfect one, who is alive and reigns in you and with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one perfect community in love, now and always. Lord Jesus Christ, you refused to turn stones into bread Save us from using our power, however little, to satisfy the demands of selfishness in the face of greater needs of others. Lord Jesus, you refused to leap from the temple top. Save us from displaying our skills however modest, to win instant popularity in the face of nobler calls on our abilities. Lord Jesus Christ, you also refused to bend the knee to a false god. Save us from offering our devotion however weak, to cheap or easy religion in the face of the harder path on which you bid us 
to follow you. Savior of the world, you saw Satan masquerading as an angel of light and shunned him. Give us wisdom to discern behind each subtle temptation the ploy of the prince of darkness and in the face of all that is attractive. Help us to choose the will of God. Therefore, God, send us out into your world to be a people who choose your way of love, whether we go into a garden or into the wilderness, we go with you. And may we discern what will help and what will harm, empowered to nurture and not neglect. Help us to live as your people, choosing to turn toward love each and every day. We pray all this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Call me. 
spoke the word I kept in my mind, Lord, and by your grace, Lord, your spirit in me, and I will praise you for all my days, and I will
Good morning. Okay. I was sure, uh, last week, was it last week when I, the response was a bit lukewarm or a little lackluster? I, you know, the good morning was a bit weak. And then later on, you know, a few folks came up to me and said, you know, our worship songs usually reach, reach, uh, reaches a point where it is meditative. And so it's hard to respond with a good morning, right? And that's okay, right? Um, wherever you are, in whatever space you find yourself in, you're welcome here. So I see a lot of new faces uh, this morning, and what I want to invite you to do is uh, take out your mobile phones um, and go on to um, uh, either scan the QR code or go to fcc.li slash mentee and join in our um, on well, join in this sermon together because at parts of the sermon, I'll be asking questions and you can respond. Today, I've included a lot of uh, easy questions because it's a you know, click yes or click no and so that you get warmed up in a way. And it's also a way for people who are online to participate and as well um, for me to get a feel and a read of um, everybody's thoughts and where everybody is. Um, it's just coming along the journey. And so it's a a collective exercise together. It's not something that we are doing on our own, um, and this is not a, a sermon that is, uh, yeah, well, majority of it is written, but there are a lot of parts that are not yet written, and to be written together. So, will you join me in prayer? God, may the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. Uh, as, uh, as we open today, Today marks the first Sunday of the season of Lent. Lent is a period of spiritual preparation and reflection um, lasting for 40 days. Well, we have moved a few days already from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday. And so today we also begin our Lenten sermon series called Ashes. While we, do not observe, uh, while we did not observe Ash Wednesday this year in FCC, we did it a few years ago, we can still take the opportunity to reflect on its meaning and significance. So my very first question to you is, have you attended an Ash Wednesday observa observance before, whether it's uh, um, Ash Wednesday Mass or um, Ash Wednesday service, or, or it could be like what we did in the US, right? Um, you drive by and it's a drive-by, um, you know, um, getting the ashes um, on your forehead as you drive by and the priest is just by the road, by the curbside at church, right? Um, I've seen that done before. My friends do it and it's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's very cool because uh, it's, a, it's a reminder of our, of our spiritual life and connected and wanting to do it in different ways um, and they're making it accessible, right? So um, two-thirds of you have not attended an Ash Wednesday observance before. Maybe it's time to do it next year so that we have experience of it. I still have ash that I got from a, a friend who is a priest. Um, and because we don't have um, palm leaves to burn to get ashes, right? And he had access, so I got some ashes from him. Um, and I think we can do it again next year. Um, thank you for responding, right? Uh, only 16 people have attended, and um, that's almost 32%, uh, one-third. Mm. So if you have not, it's okay. We can still intentionally mark this season of Lent with a realignment of our hearts and minds. And what is a realignment of our hearts and minds but repentance, right? Repentance is changing our minds, changing direction, and... I preached about that before, about repentance. 
Many Christians, um, particularly those from a more liturgical tradition like the Catholics and the Anglicans, will attend Mass or service and receive a cross of ashes on their forehead on Ash Wednesday. And as they received a cross of ashes, the priest would say to them, Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Um, that's from Genesis uh, chapter 3, verse 19. It's quite grim, right? You know, um, to be told that you are dust. Um, so what do you hear? I'm going to ask you. You know, when you hear the words, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. What comes to your mind? You know, one word, two words, three words, short phrases. Then let's see what we build up in the word, word cloud, right? Death. Well, that's the biggest one, right? You are dust, you know, and to dust you shall return. Insignificant, humility, transience, be grateful for life, fragility. Uh, we are one with all universe, right? The circle of life. We are no better than others. We are all human. Uh, nobody. Um, equality. We are atoms. Um, funeral. Um, temporal. Wind. Hero. Um, silent. Be humbled. Nothingness. Nothingness? Without God. Okay. Uh, I was, I'm a speck made for God. Very often when we hear we are dust, we think that we are insignificant and whatnot. But I think that it might be helpful to think about is we are all made from stardust. We are all made from the atoms that the stars were made of. We're made from bits that are not just insignificant but wondrous. We can see it from both sides. Too often, I think we take the negative Yes, we should remember that we are, we are small, and, uh, but yet we are beloved. Small doesn't mean that you are insignificant. You are of great value to God. So um, let's put these things in perspective. So when I hear, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return, sometimes I think about our mortality, how brief life is. And recently someone shared with me that uh, they thought that there were two ways to look at life that everything is random, at the end of the day, everything is meaningless, right? You know, just things happen, everything random, nothing, everything is meaningless. The other is that life, though brief, is full of meaning if, and if, we set out to make meaning in life, to love and be loved, to give and receive, to be a blessing to the world, and to see that life isn't just about making money, being famous, acquiring material things that moth and rust destroy, but to do what is required of us. And what's required of us? But to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. That's what we are taught in Micah 6.8. And these views aren't new. In fact, they go all the way back, Right? Life is meaningless. Well, you, maybe you can guess where it comes from. And it's where the dust is being mentioned again, right? Ecclesiastes um, chapter 3, verses 19 to 20. For the fate of humans and the fate of animals is the same. As one dies, so does the other. They all have the same breath, and humans have no advantage over the animals, for all is vanity. All go to one place, all are dust, and all turn to dust again. 
this, this wrestling with how meaningless everything is, all is vanity, right? In some translations, it's not all is vanity, it's a... Um, what's, the other, what's the other translation? Uh? All is vanity and... Oh, I'm trying to recall, it slipped my mind right now. Yeah, not enough coffee, but that's okay. Yeah. Oh, everything is futile. Yes, that's the word, futile. We came into this life without anything, and we cannot take anything with us into the next life. We are dust, and to dust we will return. Everything that we have built will crumble to dust one day. We might seek comfort in the illusion of permanence, trying to preserve what, we, uh, what will inevitably become dust, you know, maybe make statues of ourselves, get our names you know, recorded somewhere. Even the things we have done in our lives will be forgotten one day. There is one thing that is forever. And no, it isn't a diamond. No matter how DBS want to market diamonds, it's not a diamond. Even diamonds are not forever. As our ancestors in faith put it, in Psalm 136, and this heart opens, God's steadfast love endures forever. You know, it repeats three times even as they start up the psalm. So as we die to our old self, letting go of our attachment to things that are temporary, we are invited to new life, leading into God's radical, unfailing, and eternal love. But it is not easy to let go of what we are used to. But we have to let go. If we hold on, we cannot receive anything new with these clenched fists. It is when we let go that we're able to receive something new into our hands. And, but letting go means we have to, opening our hands means we have to let go of whatever we are holding on to. I shared with you a couple, uh, I think last week, right, or two weeks ago, I don't recall, about my climb um, up Mount Nokri on the Via Ferrata, you know, the Iron Road, right? And yes, there were a lot of um, inspiration at the top of the mountain and a lot of things I experienced when I was spending like six hours climbing and hoping I don't fall off the mountain. There were a lot of things I learned. And I think that you'll be hearing a lot about this Via Ferrata in future because it's great sermon material. The harness that we wore that day, and this is a picture of that harness, right? You know, you just, with two carabiners attached to the bungee cords, um, were the safety during our entire climb. Always, there's one hooked onto the Via Ferrata, whether it is um, the, the railings um, or it is the, the metal cables. Oh, there's always one that we are hooked onto. So that in any, in any situation where we fall off or we lose balance or something, that will be the one that will be our safety. The other one is to hook on so that we can move into the next step and so on and so forth. Because it's not one whole chain, you know, you just don't move along that chain, right? There are points that are anchored into the mountain and then your, you, know, you reach a certain point and your carabiner gets stuck there. And unless you let go, you cannot move forward. If we didn't, we'll get stuck into that one section of the Via Ferrata. 
you, I reach, you know, the one portion, I'll hook on to the next portion and clip the, that one and then clip back on so I move forward to the next section. Every new section of our journey is also about leaving something behind. So I want to invite you to think about this. What do you think God is inviting you to leave behind what is, God is inviting you to let die this season of Lent so that you can have new life. What needs to become ashes so that something new can emerge and come out of that? Something to think about. What do you need to let go, leave, leave behind, let die sometimes? Busyness? Bad habits, not to rush and slow down my life. I dropped out of the orchestra so I can have more time for self-care and healing, yes. Ungodly relationships. My sense of superiority and judgment of others, yes. And sometimes that sense of superiority and judgment of others is actually, you know, insidiously a judgment on ourselves as well. Grievance, bad habits, preconceived notions, Legacy of a lover, ego, bad memories, not sure, you know, be proud of myself as I am, filling my days with things and being distracted. Yes, we love to distract ourselves so that we don't hear God prompting us, right? Pride, illness, the old self, past worries, past unhappiness. Yes, they can hold you back from your new life, your family, chocolates. Maybe not, you know, not for me. I just ate some chocolates yesterday. Desire to be in control, anxiety issues, money, sloth, waiting for people to apologize to me for over past wrongs. Yes, letting that go can be very freeing, right? The prison, the prison is our own, actually. My job and project, being alone, I don't know. That's a good answer, not knowing. Not knowing is the beginning of discovering something and asking God, what is you prompting me to do right now? I don't know. Let me, show me. Right? That's a good starting point too. TikTok, addictions, yes. Obsolete and realize that everything has a life cycle. Yes, everything has a life cycle. So, there's something that I want to bring up today, you know, um, because I've been following um, Jeremy Duncan, the lead pastor at Commons Church in Calgary in Canada. I resonate a lot with sermons and his work. And when I watch their services online, because I also attend service, because that's how I get fed, right? Um, their services and their theology and their music are very similar to FCC's. They sing, we sang a lot of sim, we sing the same songs sometimes. And I realized, wow, you know, that's, our, that's a sibling church with similar values, similar thinking. And recently, they did a sermon series called Disarming the Bible. And in one sermon, Pastor Duncan talked about inspired versus inerrancy. So I want to ask, you know, get a survey, right? How many of you were taught that the Bible is inerrant? Yes or no, right? The Bible is inerrant. You were taught that, right? Five to four, six to one, six, seven to two, right? Eighty percent. So it's eighty, almost eighty twenty. Looks like it, you know. So that gives us a, a landscape and some um, idea, right? 25, 8, hmm, thank you. 
thank you for responding and thinking about this. And maybe you, you know, um, yeah. So when it hits 40, I will move on. Or maybe not. Okay, I'll just move on. Oh, it hits 40. So 31, 9. Okay. So it's about 1 to 1 is to 3. 25% uh, have not been taught that the Bible is inerrant. Okay. And then I want to ask you, what does inerrant mean? I'm very naughty here. Because you know, if you say you've been taught that the Bible is inerrant, then I want to ask you, what does inerrant mean? Right? Because sometimes we don't know exactly what we're talking about. So when I say inerrant, it might mean the very different thing with how you understand inerrant. Without error, no mistakes, no flaws, totally true, don't know, inca incapable of uh, erring, right? Um, literal, God's nature, um, absolute, reliable, um, complete. So the word perfect is the one that's cropping up to everyone. So um, perfect means without flaws, without mistakes, right? Uh, is that what inerrant means um, in our theological training? I think that very often we don't realize that some words right, have different meanings over a period of time. And what you understand as inerrant and what your neighbor, the one person sitting next to you, is understanding of the word inerrant may be very different. Though there are a lot of people who seem to agree that without error, cannot be wrong and perfect, and truth seems to be um, you know, echoing, right? Because the word cloud shows that that pops up the most. So I want to show you um, the doctrine of inerrancy of Scripture held by the Catholic Church, right? And this is expressed in the Second Vatican Council in the 1965, not so long ago. The books of Scripture must be acknowledged as teaching solidly, faithfully, and without error that truth which God wanted to put into sacred writings for the sake of salvation. I'll read it again. It's a very, you know, it's a very dense um, statement. The books of Scripture, the Bible, must be acknowledged as teaching solidly, faithfully, and without error that truth which God wanted to put into sacred writings for the sake of salvation. I highlighted for the sake of salvation because that is a very important qualification. Pastor Duncan says, in other words, the Bible can use myths and parables as we have seen. The Bible can provide contextual commentary as what we have observed. It offers us perspective and opinions as you have read, right? In some parts of the Bible, it's actually the personal opinion of someone. But it never fails to faithfully point us towards Jesus. That, by the way, is a historical orthodox definition of inerrancy. It's the one that I have no issue with. In fact, I embrace it completely. And so do I. Uh, Pastor Duncan says, you know, uh, agrees with this definition from the Catholic Church that, you know, um, back one slide, that the books of Scripture must be acknowledged as teaching solidly, faithfully, and without error that truth which God wanted to put into sacred writings for the sake of salvation. The Bible points to Jesus. I, and that is, you know, salvation. Now, there's always a now, right? 
1978, there was a written statement of belief formulated by more than 200 evangelical leaders as a conference convened by the International Council on Biblical Inerrancy held in Chicago. And they came up with this statement, and it's actually a very long statement, right? It actually uh, is a document. This is just a quotation from that document. But it says, and this is in 1978, it says, Being holy and verbally God-given, Scripture is without error or fault in all its teachings, no less in what it states about God's acts in creation or about the events of world history than its witness to God's saving grace in individual lives. Do you notice the difference? The difference between this in 1978 and the one in 1965 by the Catholic Church. It is no longer enough to trust that the Bible reveals salvation perfectly in Jesus. Now, you must believe that the Bible is the perfect record of world history as well. But that's not how the church history talked about and understood the Bible. The idea of biblical inerrancy extending beyond salvation to things like the age of the earth, right, whether it's 7,000 over years or it is uh, billions of, you know, millions and millions of years old, this idea that by biblical inerrancy extends beyond salvation to things like world history and science, right, you know, the flat earth, is only 45 years old. I'm older than this, this interpretation of biblical inerrancy. And some of us have been taught this when we were in church. It is not what the church held in the church's 2,000 years history, more than 2,000 years history. Of course, you have heard quoted this again and again in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, and under 316. Huh? All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the person of God may be proficient and equipped for every good work. And this is usually you know, quoted to support biblical inerrancy in some ways. Pastor Duncan explored a lot of the background of this verse in his sermon, and I invite you to go check it out because I'm bothering on plagiarizing his sermon at this time. Right? I don't want to quote his NS sermon. It's very, very good. Um, but one key point that I took away was when he talked about the word God breathed. Right? All scriptures inspired by God. You know, um, we read in the NRSV version, it says inspired by God, but other translations actually translate it, it might read as God breathed. So many people may take this God breathed to mean verbal plenary inspiration, meaning that the idea that God spoke each word exactly as it was intended to the author who then wrote it down. And God literally breathed out the words. That's not how Christians understood how the Bible came to be, historically. It's only probably, it's again, maybe a 45-year-old thing. No, okay, maybe slightly longer, you know, fun, uh, fun, from the, fundament, the fundament, fundamentalism that emerged out 
you know, but it's definitely quite new in the history of Christianity. And the other faith that really takes, you know, uh, really expressed this idea from the very get-go is actually uh, Islam. Muslims understood the Quran came to be by the archangel Gabriel dictating word for word to the prophet, um, to, to the prophet who, wrote, who later on got it written down. Really, that's how they understood verbal plenary inspiration. I wonder how this um, current situation where we start to think about our Bible as also verbal plenary inspiration, is it a con in the context of the competition between different faiths? We have to one-up the other. We have to be better than, or we could, must be as good as you know, other faiths. Otherwise, we are unable to convert people and all that. I wonder if that's the, you know, looking at how other people understand their faith, and we took some of that as well, and some of that might not be helpful, and some of that might not be what has been traditionally understood in our own faith. Now, the word God breathed in Greek, the original word, is theonustos, right? Theo means God and neustos means breathe. And it's only occurred once in the, in the entire New Testament. And this is what, that it's interesting, right? Um, and uh, Pastor Duncan quoted this book um, by John Poirier. And it's a... And, it's a very expensive book and very heavy book. I've not read the book, um, but the book is uh, The Invention of the Inspired Text, Philological Windows on the Theor of Scripture. Now, one of the interesting parts that Pastor Duncan quoted is God breathed is, was actually a very common adjective used in the Bible. And it's used to mean life-giving. Which other parts of the Bible do you think that God breathed? Hint, hint, we started off somewhere there today. God breathed into dust and brought humanity to life. Right? In Ezekiel 37, God breathed into the dry bones so it reads, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know I am the Lord. God breathed and brought life back to the valley of dry bones. This is resurrection. Life-giving. When you feel that you're dead and your life sucks, and then God breathes life back into you when you've let go of some things. Pastor Duncan says, Sion Neustos was used in the Second Temple Judaism to speak of all the ways God's Spirit brings life to us. And here, the writer of 1 Timothy says, Scripture is now one more way that the Spirit of God is present, breathing life into our lungs every day when we open, and read, open the Bible and read. In other words... 
In other words, Theomnustos is not a technical description of how the scriptures were inspired. It is an affirmation of the fact that they are. All scripture is life-giving. Scripture is useful for teaching. All scripture reveals to us the story of Jesus, and it is Jesus that we trust to lead us back to God. Life-giving. God bringing life into us through the Bible when we engage with it. And when we engage with it properly. Not using it as a weapon, but using it as a way to nourish, nurture, to give us life. So what is the way forward? It is to let some ideas die so that we get life and life in abundance. The Bible does teach solidly, faithfully, and without error that truth which God wanted to put into sacred writings for the sake of salvation. And that truth is Christ. The Bible points to Christ, and through Christ is revealed the love of God that is eternal, radical, beyond our understanding. It is a very different way of looking at things. When we say Jesus as the truth and the life, it isn't about rules or dogma. It is how Jesus incarnates and embodies a way of being in this world that is totally aligned with God and God's will so God can be known through, in and through Jesus. Elizabeth O'Connor told a story of a Christian community organized around two spiritual journeys. One is the internal one, the interior one towards knowing our true self and knowing God. And the other is directed outward into the world to enact God's justice and love. These two movements comprise the way of Jesus a continual flow of breath. God breathed, right? In and out. In and out. In and out. As you breathe in, discover yourself, discover God, discover that connection, discover that you're beloved beyond measure. And then as you breathe out, may you breathe out that love too to others to live out that justice, to live out that call to mercy, that that's what we are called to do as mortals. Can we be that community that goes on to these journeys? Not just one or the other, because neglecting one or the other is actually not good. Both are required on this way, this way of Christ. I don't have a mentee question, no slide for, can we be that community? Because I don't want naughty people to click no. But also, that is the question we need to carry in our hearts always. How are we constantly journeying in and out? In knowing our belovedness, in knowing God's radical and eternal love, 
in knowing that grace that doesn't need explanation or cannot even be explained and out to do the work that's necessary to transform the world because we are the body of Christ today. That requires us of letting go, of being secured to things that are no longer helpful and hook our safety harness onto what we know to be solid. Solid teaching, right? And what is solid? That God is love. And that love is eternal and everlasting. We need to die to the old life, the old ways, so can live into the new life. You may have been taught a lot of theologies, ideas, doctrines. They may not be helpful. Some might be, some might not be. Investigate them. They are products of their context. They are products responding to something. This group of people in Chicago came up with that statement because they were threatened. They were threatened because that was the era where people are getting more and more educated and pastors are no longer the most educated people in the room or in church. And scientists start questioning them. Geologists start telling them, you know, look at the Grand Canyon, you know. Down there is, you know, fossils that are millions of years old. And perhaps they want control. Perhaps they are fearful of losing control. And that's the response. When we start to reflect on how things develop over time, we realize that a lot of times our theology, our doctrines, evolve in response to what's happening in, the, in that day. And sometimes, today, when reading back into history, we no, longer, we no longer see through that lens. So we misunderstand. So in this season of Lent, be it letting go of things that happened to us in the past, be it unhelpful behaviours or habits, be it attachment to things that not, does, do not give us life, or theologies or beliefs that we should outgrow, right? When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. And that's the inward journey to grow and to continue to uncover, discover our relationship with God, and to deepen it so that we can go through the tough times. As we were praying just now before we started service with the service team, what came to mind was the image of a desert, right? Yet there are plants which thrive in the desert. Why? Some of them are adapted to the environment, but some of them have deep roots that tap into the underground water that's very, very deep. May we in our inward journeys, grow those deep roots that we can tap into the living water that will sustain us and all those around us. That's the inward journey. Now, for the outward journey, we do have something very tangible, right? Outward journey to serve, to do justice, to show mercy well. 
I got informed that our team project hasn't got uptake this, this round. What we do for Teen Mart is that we buy groceries and we deliver groceries to transgender elderly folks who live in rental flats. Right? Um, for many, some of them are low income, some of them have no income. And what we do is that we buy you know, daily products and when you go to the website uh, www.freecomchurch.org slash tmart, you almost see like a, like a grow, grow, you know, Lazada or Red Mart. You know? uh, we have a lot of uh, things that we want, to, they, we want to buy for them, right? Um, anything from rice to uh, dishwashing liquid and stuff. I invite you to think about, consider contributing to it Right, there's, we consolidate, so you, you know, there's no need for you to um, buy the everything. If you just want to buy one, that's fine. You want to buy everything, that's fine too. Um, and we want to be able to serve them, to love them, to care for them. Right? And that's our project of the outward journey. As we live out our lives to love others as we have been loved. So an invitation and a shout-out. So if you have questions, you can contact Wendy at the number there. Um, while the closing day is today, I hope that you take some action, right? Um, and go to the site and, and, or take the um, QR code and go to the website. These are the things that we do on this journey. That's not limited to just Tmart, but a lot of other things that we hope to do. In and out. In and out. God breathed life into us. So may we also breathe life to the world around us as, the, as we carry out God's will. May we die to these things that hold us back, you know, the things that we cannot proceed any further up the section on this journey of growth so that we can latch on to something new that God is offering May the ashes of all the things that we leave behind become the ash on our foreheads to remind us that a lot of these things are transient, temporary, passing, and remind us what is eternal. May we find ways to make our, our lives meaningful. And may God breathe into us new life. We have now come to a time of communion. For those of you joining us online, please prepare your elements so that you may partake of it together. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. When Jesus sat at 
tables and broke bread with tax collectors, lawyers, rich elites, and poor peasants, we, he proclaimed that God's radical love and abiding presence know no boundaries. Through this occasion of sharing food, every person experienced God and shared in God's kingdom. Together, a kingdom, a kingdom where, where all, all are, are welcome, welcome, all are worthy, and, and all are invited. A kingdom where lives are transformed, transformed and empowered, and the fruits, fruits of God's gentle justice bloom throughout creation. All people, including each of us, are invited to share in this sacred meal of celebration and be strengthened by the presence of God in this place. We remember that Jesus fed 5,000 hungry people with five loaves of bread and two fish. At this miraculous meal, there was such an abundance that everyone ate until they were full and there were even 12 baskets of food left over. Holy God, we celebrate your abundant care and solidarity revealed in this meal. We remember that while sharing a meal with the Pharisees, Jesus welcomed a woman viewed as an outsider. As the woman anointed his feet with oil, Jesus declared her dignity before everyone at the meal. Holy God, we celebrate your gracious inclusiveness revealed in this meal. At these meals, Jesus and all his disciples resisted the divisions, injustice, and violence of society. They live out, out instead the kingdom, the kingdom of God, God a, place a place of love, justice, and mutuality. But we also recognize that not all people like Jesus' ministry. For some people, it was scandalous. They, they said, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend, friend of tax collectors and sinners. When his arrest seemed near, Jesus ate a meal in, the, in an upper room with the disciples. As he had done so many times before, he took bread and after having given thanks to you, holy God, he broke it and gave it to the disciples. This time saying, do this to remember me. After the meal, he shed the wine, gave thanks, and said, I will not drink from this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. May I now invite the stewards to collect the elements and distribute. You are joining us together um, for the first time. Please hold on to the elements. The stewards will be distributing it in the middle of aisle and please uh, pass, pass it down the, uh, the road. Thank you.
Jesus was then unjustly killed by the systems of denomination of his day. To some of his frightened disciples, it seemed that the bread symbolizes his broken body and the wine his blood. Together, a God, God kingdom, kingdom of God, God persisted and, and persists today, today through the, the many people who seek to be your resurrection, resurrection community. community. Holy, Holy God, in the sharing, sharing of this bread and wine, we joyfully, joyfully celebrate the hope-inspiring ministry and resurrection of Jesus Christ. May I invite you all to stand if you're willing and able? Together, gracious God, may this meal be for us an Emmaus meal. We are counting your presence in the sharing of this food as the disciples did at their meal at Emmaus. May the sharing of this food be a taste of your kingdom, holy God, so we may be strengthened to be your joyful and hopeful disciples. And may, may we share, share in your kingdom, your kingdom of, of love, justice, and mutuality with those, with those around, around us. us. Amen. Amen. You may be pleased to be seated. Thank you once again to, um, to Louise and Amiak for the sermon. Uh, welcome home everyone, it's still morning. Good morning to all who joined us after I said good morning earlier. Lah. So, welcome home, all friends uh, new and old, right? um, those joining us online. Welcome home to Free Community Church. I am Jimmy, your service leader for today. Um, for those who are new joining us, right, Free stands for First Realize Everyone's Equal. So we have always give you, given assurance to everyone that steps through our door into our community that 
your belovedness does not, you know, depends on your social economic status, your gender identity, your sexual orientation. Once you step through the door, your only identity, your affirming identity is that you're a child of God and you're fully loved and accepted as who you are. Alright, so welcome home, my brothers and sisters and siblings. Alright, um, just now earlier, when Miak was talking about, you know, like he didn't want to do the survey asking about the community, yes or no, I was actually very curious about if anyone was saying no, because as he was doing the practice of it, I was in the meditation classes, they also doing the breathing of in and out and in and out. And so it, was, it occurred to me the image of someone who is breathing in in the community, someone who breathes in but never wants to breathe out, it reminds me of a constipated person. Right? How terrible. Sometimes we see people who are around us who are constipated, not in the medical sense, but living life so painful is painfully living out the life that is rigid and unable to be free, to be living, right? Love that comes in, goes out into this world and that makes us fully alive. So we move on to the next part. As we continue before we do our uh, giving, I'd like to welcome all who are joining us, uh, new friends and uh, fairly new friends who may be joining us online for a few times. Alright, today there is a newcomers meeting. For those who are joining us on site, right, you are invited and welcome to join us at the back, uh, the room at the back after the service so that you can talk to our pastors, our, our, our congregation, uh, some of the belt members will be join, joining in so they can know who we are, what we do, our mission, alright, and also for help, help us to know you better uh, and serve you better. So for those of you who say, hey, I'm, I'm not prepared, you know, like, oh, I'm just really new, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I can join the, the newcomers meeting today, but not to worry, you can just simply fill up the form uh, by going to fcc.li slash welcome or scan the QR code and fill up the form. The next newcomers meeting will be on the 26th of March, all right, uh, after the service. If you have any question about that, please send, uh, send it out to the all-powerful info at freecommonchurch.org because if you have any question, you're not sure like who to go to, you just always send to this. It goes to our pastors. Right, next. Um, we continue to worship and encounter God by, as a community um, through our giving and our offering. So earlier we talked about the, the image that came to our mind about constipation, right? So in all things and always, right, in, in our life, right, it's always about the coming and going, you know, going in of the breath and going out of the breath. So, the same thing happens to us like in our talents, the resources, the things that we receive, the blessings we receive in our life. I believe that, you know, we are not called to be dead seas. You know, the dead sea is called a dead sea because the water goes in and it gets trapped there. And then it, became, it becomes dead. It's not a living water. So, I believe as a community, we are all called to, to become like our God, to become like Christ. Right? to receive the God, love of God, but also bring that love out into the world right? as a community. So during this, uh, this section, right, in this Lenten period, I invite all of us, just take a few moments to examine our lives. Are there things that we have received, that we have in our life, that we're reluctant to give away? I always see that uh, the the, the giving, right? The practice of charity, the giving, especially of offering, it's not an act of do a good work charity like you, you give to charity organization, but rather it's God's way of offering us an opportunity 
to examine our hearts. Whenever I'm called to give something to love a community, is there something stopping me? It don't have to be money, it may be your time, your effort, your attention, your compassion to someone in need. So I invite all of us, I challenge all of us to examine our hearts at this time. And while you're preparing your giving, and I invite you if, you, if you are giving uh, through your pay now, you can scan the QR code um, listed on the screen. One goes to the general fund, we goes to the operation of the church. The other is for the building fund that goes down to the payment of the mortgage. So I give everybody some time to reflect in our lives on what we would like to offer to God. Last pray. Dear living and breathing God, we thank you for breathing into our lives, for loving us unreservedly, radically, fully. God, help us to open up our eyes to our belovedness. And through affirming our own belovedness, we become living people filled with love, going out into this, this world, partnering with you to bring about shalom, wholeness, healing in our community and in this broken world. So with what we have, be it the, the monetary offering, the, whatever more li, little that we can give, or our time, our talent, a listening ear, a word of encouragement, an open heart, help us to stretch out our clenched fists and turn them into open hands to offer our love to one another. We thank you, God, for not despising what little we have to give, but multiplying it and turning them into immense blessings for one another and onto creation. We thank you, Lord. We give thanks to you. And all of God's people say, Amen. Right. For those who are giving um, physically, right, by dropping check or cash, right, those stewards will be going around with uh, the offering back, and you can just raise your hand, and they will come to you. May I invite the stewards to come forward uh, to receive uh, the offerings. Right. Thank you. So we move on to the important part. We have a few important announcements that has to be made. Right. The first one is that today there will be an ACE event. You know what I say? What is ACE? After church events. All right. So we have an after church event happening at 1 o'clock. Right. So it's almost 12. We will not, um, so once we are finished our service, you can actually go nearby for a meal and then come back at 1 so they can attend the workshop on estate planning. For those who have not signed up, don't worry. All right. You can just simply join us at 1 p.m. All right. um, in, in the main sanctuary. So, if you have questions, the experts will be here. You can actually have some uh, time of consultation. Next. Right. SEED is happening. So, SEED is settled easily, engage deeply. It is for anyone who have like just uh, a newcomer. You may not feel like fully, you know, like whether FCC is the right community for you, but you want to find out more. We have actually a time bow, a very short, low commitment um, group that comes together 
All right. Uh, I think on a bi-weekly basis, if I'm not wrong. All right. And it happens. It, sorry. For, it's a four sessions bi-weekly uh, 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 arrangement. All right. And then it, it, the season we are on the thirteenth season running already. So. It's quite amazing. Can I have a round of applause for people who are running seed? It never occurred to us that it's going to be running for so long and it's going to be such an effective uh, you know, in initiative or program right? that is actually helping people to plug into the life of the church. So uh, the, first, the 13th season is happening today at 12pm. That means immediately after this. Usually it's very short. It's just probably half an hour, less than an, less than an hour. So uh, if you are in interested to find out more, to join a seed program, please email to the, again, Info at freecomchurch.org. Alright, next. Alright, as Mark Miak, uh, Miak mentioned earlier, TMA is back. Alright, so you don't know that the link is very long. Uh. I, I try out fcc.ly slash t dash mart. You can also go to the form, right, the ordering form, um, that you can actually see what are items that you can actually sponsor or uh, yeah, sponsor. You don't have to donate them anymore because we are actually just pool buying. So it makes uh, coordination and logistics much easier. So I'd like to encourage everyone, the closing date today, 26th of Feb, and then the delivery. After today, we have received all the sponsorship. We will be placing the orders so that we will deliver the items to our queer siblings, our, our trans siblings, who are in need on the 5th of March, on a Sunday. If you say that, hey, how can I help? Can I help with, like, I drive? I want to help with, like... Delivering, delivering the items um, to assist in any way, all right. Or if you don't drive, you can have I offer my my hands, you know, to carry and move things around. Just contact Wendy at nine two four eight nine five seven eight. Okay, next announcement. All right, information about a church retreat. Right, I know many people are excited about a church retreat. My cell group members has been asking about all the details. I say, be patient. It's a Lenten season. <laughs> <laughs> because it's being planned and there are some moving parts we, we will because it, it involves external organizations so we are just ironing out some of the details before we know we, we, we just go ahead and then create a lot of confusion we rather just share what we know right at this point of time right um, it is going to happen mark your calendars if not, you have not done so after weeks of nagging at people <laughs> so the second to the fourth of June uh, on uh, 2023. Um, it's happening at Batam Harbour Bay, Batam Swiss Bell Hotel. Right? So you can just go to the Google Map if you want to take a look at it. Right? It looks pretty nice, pretty good, very exciting. And people are like, oh yeah, it's not too far from the malls if I call for a go check. <laughs> so I encourage you, you, are not, you won't be replaced in the wilderness. Some people are worried, oh, I go for a retreat, what if I cannot trap there? You know, like, what's going to happen? It's not going to happen. You are, in safe, you are in safe hands. So, encourage not just yourself to go, but people around you who you feel need a time of respite, to breathe in the breath of God, right? Come together as a community, you know, for this spiritual time of spiritual practice and, you know, recharging as a community. So, church retreat, mark it on a calendar. Next will be the benediction. May I invite Pauline to come forward to give us the benediction. Thank you. So will you rise uh, in body and spirit for the benediction? Living God, in the season of Lent, we pause. We pause to breathe in 
your life-giving spirit to breathe in the reminder that we are beloved and that your love is at work and transforming us day by day. And then God, send us out as your people who will breathe out your love and justice, who will embody all that you are in this world, this world that so needs to experience your love, your justice, your grace. So now go. Go as God's people, highly beloved, highly favoured, and may you be the love that transforms the world as our God of love goes with you now and forever. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us for service today. So glad, glad to see all of you. And please go out and have a blessed week ahead. See you next week.